there are indeed some difficult stages in life. For example, when your parents need some medical help or just need help through their daily lives, how do you have that conversation? What's available to you? What do you need to know? Our next speaker, guest, has some answers to those questions. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, Giant Builders. Welcome. Thank you for joining. I want to make sure you know that we've added two things to our website, so please check them out. We now have the giantbuilders.com media. So speakers that we've had in the past or will have in the future, they have a book, will be posted there. So you can check out their books. And it also links to where you can buy their books and their actual recording on the podcast. So if you want to go back and check it out, review, whatever, it's there. Secondly, we have a new sponsors page. Yay! <laughs> Moving up in the world. So that is the giantbuilders.com sponsors. So please check out the people who are assisting us with bringing you such great guests. And today, we do have a great guest. And I was telling her that I was looking forward to talking to her because we, I have my mother is 81 and i'm sure that this is a process that's going to be facing me and and you know, also i mean what what happens when we are in position so nancy may is our guest today hi nancy how are you terrific Lois. how are you it's uh, great to be here with, with you nice. and, and everybody else who's listening in well i appreciate it can you tell our listeners what you do sure i work with individuals and families and even companies who are dealing with the process of helping themselves, friends, family members, or employees who are caring for aging parents and just don't know what to do and want to make sure that we all get through this um, physically, emotionally, and financially sound because it's a big hurdle. And when we get that call, it's mom's fallen, dad's fallen, something's happened it's not it's not a part of life that we are typically practiced and prepared for yeah my husband and i were talking about this his aunt fell and you know it's just like it just seems like it's a process now because you know you think of the waltons and grandma and grandpa lived there and everybody was just you know good night john boy yeah yeah you know it's just like just life just seemed appeared like it was a little bit easier to process the growing older age. So tell me, how did you get into this area of professionalism? So I got into this, uh, my background is working with public companies and boards of directors and CEOs, uh, some very big names. And as I like to use humor in all of this, because I think it, it makes it easier for all of us is that I went from the boardroom and have, or I have gone from the boardroom to the emergency room and uh, originally, you know, things happened. It's it, it's like I said, it's it's not something that we're prepared for, even if we're medical professionals. And I find that the 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 ones that fall the hardest in many cases are doctors and nurses and others who are in the profession of caring. 
or wanting to care. And um, every every possible bump or or mound or hurdle that could possibly happen with my folks happened to us too, including the cost of their care growing to $30,000 a month, over $360,000 a year, which I very quickly learned is not unusual. Oh, wow. Really? Not unusual. No. In fact, I just spoke with somebody the other day who said their mom's care had gone to 25000 and they were expecting it to get higher and they wanted to know what to do. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So um, as if, if anybody have ever heard the or seen the old uh, movie network, I think it was in the 60s or 70s before I was really paying attention at that time. And there was a guy in the advertising industry who opened up the window and yelled out the window and said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking it anymore. (laughs) And everybody in the city of New York was doing the same thing. And you could hear this and it became a bit of a cult uh, every now and then the movie would air again and you'd hear, I'm not as hell, I'm not taking it anymore. (laughs) Well, um, that became my mantra (laughs) very early on taking care of my folks and knowing that I would eventually at some point in my life take over as their durable power of attorney because it was something that my folks prepared me for and and asked for my help. But um, but when this, you know, hit the fan, it was, uh, you know, literally a, a come to like smack between the eyes reality. And I sat down my dad with and said, listen, dad, you know, if, if you and mom expect to live beyond the next six months, let's have, let's have a serious discussion about this. Like, (laughs) I don't want you to leave before you have to. So um, it was my, my charge to make sure that the mess was unraveled. And I did in learning about the entire process of the aging care industry. And now I also advise um, those of us who are going through this stage again, so that we don't become broken ourselves because it happens very quickly to, to us as well. I think part of it is that we don't realize that we're getting older. You know, it's just like, I kind of feel like I'm 61, but you know, inside I feel like I'm like 32. So like- well, 60 <laughs> is a new 30, as I say, right? <laughs> oh, there we go. That's, that's <laughs> I my think situation. people who are over 60 who are starting to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like uh, my mom, I don't think she uh, comprehends or, or accepts oh. the fact that she's 81. And she's- basically she worked at a nursing home younger knows. and she's like I don't want to go in a nursing home yeah and it's like well if you get to a point what do we do you know so like where do you start people out well the best thing to do is start at the beginning but we don't always start there it's typically we'll start somewhere in the middle I say there are sort of five stages of of caring for somebody that you love. The beginning, when you kind of think something's going to happen, but you're not sure when. So that's a good time to have the conversation with yourself, a spouse, a partner. And ideally, you should be having these conversations with your family well over the course of time. So you don't have to sit down and say, Oh God, it's like pulling a tooth. We have to have this, you know, the, you know, the death and dying conversation. Well, it's not about death and dying. It's about living well and making every single day count, not just for you, but for those that you're care that that care for you too, or care about you. So, I mean, ideally, this should be a lifelong conversation. But, um, but if that's not your case, start whenever you can. Um, who is going to be taking over? 
when you can't do it yourself or who you could partner with. So you can have those discussions in an honest and open way and say, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. Um, what's going to make life easy for you as the person I'm relying on. And if you can't make those decisions for yourself at some point, and there's a cognitive impairment, again, who's going to do that, that you trust, mm -hmm. but it's just as important for somebody else who's taking care of you or taking over as a durable power of attorney or some sort of guardian to have those discussions with themselves and their own business partners or, or life partners and, and spouses and say, what happens if I don't want to do this anymore? And I can't do it because I'm ill or I'm exhausted or my career won't take you know, allow me to do so because over 40% of us quit our jobs to take care of a spouse, which ends up being, I mean, statistically, they say that that amounts to you know almost $400,000 in the course of a lifetime career, which isn't made up because you can't do that. So these are real questions that, that, college and and outside planners don't tell us about and even if they are telling us it's might be for some other purposes other than our personal benefits all right so what how do we explore the option when our parents are at a stage where either they can't be on their own anymore or maybe we can't take care of them ourselves well, it depends upon what kind of options we want to talk about. If we're talking about going to a care facility, that's that's one option. And it's not always a nursing home. And understanding what you're signing. So one of the things I do is, as I go over care contracts, so people really understand what they're buying into, and they don't get hit with the 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 a month. And I, I haven't seen 100,000, but I have no. seen up to $50,000 a month. Oh my for care costs. And that's, and for not great quality care, that's ridiculous. Plus you could be one fellow I, I heard about recently through a friend who said, you know, Joe put a million dollars down on these continued care facilities. Now he's paying the monthly fee. And he said, yeah, and it's getting worse. And he says, yeah. And guess what? He got COVID and he died three months after he got there with his wife. And now she's alone and not understanding what they've bought into. Mm. So there, you know, there's, there's, everything's negotiable. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's, you know, that's one thing. The other is most people don't want to go there. 80% of people or family members don't want to go into anything like that. They want to stay at home, which is also fine. We took our parents out and, um, and, and bought a house and they had their care there. And I did this from 1200 miles away. So it is doable, but you have to really understand what kind of life you're trying to create for somebody. And if they're in their home by themselves, you know, by themselves at some point is not going to be doable, but you're going to need to bring in support. And what kind of support do you need? What kind of stage are they in? How much additional outside guidance? You know, I say that taking care of an aging parent, whether it be in a care facility or in your, in their own home or your home is like running a small, highly complex enterprise. Mm. It's a small business. Yeah. Um, it's a business, you know, I say, again, using a little tongue in cheek, mom and dad Inc. And, you know, the goal is to make sure your customers, mom and dad are safe and, and your siblings and who else is invested in this? And that sounds a little cold, but in this in this business of making sure they do well and you do well too. 
I think I see more family arguments over this stage than in other stages of life. There's a lot of it, you know, and um, I, you know, some people have said that they do, you know, co-POA and whatnot. And I say to parents like, no, one person should be in charge. Just like, you know, going back to the CEO model. Have you ever seen a public company where co-CEOs work out really well? No, no. <laughs> right. The buck's got to stop somewhere, but that that should stop with a person who knows your wishes, what you want, and will fight to make sure that happens no matter what. I say fight in in quotes, and understanding the relationships that you have with you know if you, if we're talking about a parent with your other kids, and who really has that ability to be firm when you need to be and empathetic and a little more gentle when that's also needed. And sometimes it takes a lot of diplomacy. And other times, you know, the the CEO doesn't need to tell, this sounds terrible, but the janitor, how they turn, <laughs> how they put the key in the lock and turn the door and open the door every day. I love that. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. So how do we start the conversation? Let's say, okay, so I'm 61. How do I start that conversation with my kids? So um, I would just, you know, say, have we ever discussed, you know, what, what, what you want and what I want, because there's no telling that they could go before you and you Mm -hmm. may not know what they want. Mm -hmm. So let's just have a conversation one day over dinner. And if you haven't done this over the course of your lifetime, um, you know, my parents, I, you know, I, I, again, a little bit of humor. I joked and I said, my mom and dad prepared me for their death since I was five. And <laughs> I was the oldest of three siblings and one passed when she was very young um, by, with childhood leukemia. So, you know, they couldn't cure that in those days, in a, right. that day and age. And then my, and my youngest, my, the baby sister at the time was my little sister. So if anything happened in the course of, of life to my parents, I was the oldest child. They kind of expected me to take over. So they made sure that I knew how to dial 911 for the doctor and how to jump out of the second story window and not get hurt with a a fire ladder and take care of my younger sister if I needed to and where we would go if anything happened to them. So those were the conversations that we had. But if you haven't had those conversations, start now. Say, you know, um, you know, listen, Sally, you know, or listen, Lois, here, here's, here's what I want for me, but here's also what I want for you as my, my child. And if you're willing to take over, should I not be able to do so myself? Can you do this? Let's talk about it. And if not, that's okay. It's not your responsibility. Let's figure out how we're going to get this done so that you don't sweat the small stuff too. And don't do it all at once unless you have a really big bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) or maybe something stronger or two bottles (laughs) (laughs) but do it in chunks just you know let's let's continue the conversation it's like you know hard discussions happen in small bites right 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 all right so how do we find proper care for our aging parents what do we look for so um, if you're hiring an aide independently or a group of aides independently, which is what we did, both we worked both in agency at one point, I fired the agency, and then I ended up with independent aides that I hired. But if you have an agency, you want to interview the agency for being able to know what they they can do, 
if anything, if you know the, you know what hits a fan, as well as being able to interview and get to know the individual aides that they are bringing into your home. And just because they say they do background checks doesn't mean that they do full background checks. And um, and stuff happens, which it did, you know, with an aid through an agency that we had. And um, some of them won't allow that. So if that's not going to happen, then, you know, next. <laughs> I, I learned it's sort of like uh, Donald Trump and The Apprentice, not being politics. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you learn to say, you're fired, you're fired. really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in the business world, you know, they say the, the old adage is you hire slow and you fire fast. I say in the care world, you hire fast because you need them and you fire fast because you mm. need to. <laughs> and you learn to sort of like get rid of that pain of like it hurts. It's still going to hurt when you want to get rid of somebody. But if you're hiring independently, you know, a CNA is helpful, a certified nursing um, assistant advisor. Uh, there are certifications for that. It doesn't take a lot to get. It's like, I think it's like 12 hours or maybe it's 20 hours now. And it's like, you know, how do you measure urine? How do you tell blood pressure? It's just like, it's not rocket science and you don't necessarily need to be that. I would rather have somebody who has had the experience of caring for somebody that they love and done really well and has the ability to be sensitive, um, empathetic, really listen and know who it is they're taking care of and have a bond with that person that they would take care of them just like they'd want to be taking care of themselves. Okay. I say so, you can, you can, you can train for skill. You can't train for attitude. Yeah. Right? Or for heart. <laughs> you can't, you know, yeah, either you have it or you don't. Right. Right. So I've heard terrible horror stories with nursing homes. Yeah. Um, it happens. There's, there's an average of every, for every resident, meaning our parents, one parent, two parents, right? There's anywhere between 15 um, parents or residents to one aide. It can, be, it can be 20 or 30. So if you can imagine, if you've got one person taking care of 20 people, 17 to 20 people, somebody, you know, Aunt Sally down the hall falls and can't get up or needs to go to the bathroom, they may not even know that. Or they could be sitting in their own feces for hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that. So how do, what do we do? Or how do we, if we're at a point where we, where they say need to go to a nursing home or something like that, how do we work through that process? Uh, finding the nursing home or the care facility? Yeah. So first, you've got to get really educated um, on the types of care facilities that are out there. There are a lot. There are a lot. And how they're structured. And even understanding who owns it. So um, I'll give you one example. I, I do this occasionally. I do this, what I call secret shopping of care facilities. Yeah. I, you know, I joke and I said, I much prefer to be a secret so shopper at Nordstrom's. But... <laughs> I have done it on care facilities and how people get sold into this. Quite frequently, frequently we're, we're sold into a facility because it's beautiful. They have a high pressure sales team saying that, well, we only have one bed left. And if you can't make your decision by Tuesday, it's going to somebody else. That is butkus. Mm -hmm. Unless you are a Medicaid patient. And that's a whole nother story. And then probably for another 
discussion. But uh, understand that they sell care facilities, they meaning these these corporations, these institutions, like it's the Four Seasons. It's not the Four Seasons. And most of them, unless it is actually a medical facility, a nursing home or rehab facility under a medical umbrella, it is not a medical facility. We think they are, but it's not. So you have to understand what's out there. One of the care facilities that um, I looked at was um, actually a former timeshare facility place. And they said, well, you if you sign up for more than six months, we don't have to charge you the hotel fee. And I said, hotel fee? You know, like the hotel tax and everything else? Like, why? Well, we're um, technically under the business umbrella, still a uh, a timeshare. So hence that was that. Uh, so there's, there's a lot that goes into understanding what's, what's happening and even understanding how, like I said earlier, the contracts work because you, because you're going in at, let's say independent care doesn't mean that the contract's not going to change without you knowing as you go to assisted or to memory or to nursing and the list goes on. So really getting the support that you need and anything that you're signing up for to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention a name, like a, a place for mom, you die the number. And then all of a sudden you get, you type in your name and your phone number and you get 20 calls from 20 different places calling you. Like, oh, I understand. Aunt Sally needs to go to someplace. Like um, those places are getting commissions, although it's free. The, the facility is their customer. You are not their customer. So you really want to make sure that whoever you're working with is not getting incentivized by the facility, that they really have your best interest at heart and help you make that decision in knowing what to look for, what to smell for, how to ask questions, what you can and can't negotiate, um, how the little sneaky clauses get in there that end up um, relinquishing, where you end up relinquishing your POA responsibilities and they become the POA. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Is there an advantage to hiring a facility that has like, sorry, I can't think of how. Multiple care. levels of care. Yes, that's great. Yeah. So right. like if you put them in here and eventually they end up in memory care or something like that. Is there an advantage to finding something that goes to well, all. Well, it's, you know, it's easier for you, the, the family yeah. member. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, I would say not necessarily because the type of, I'll put in quotes, care that they may be getting at independent or oversight is going to be very different than they're going to get in memory care. It may not be the same person. Mm -hmm. And understanding also in memory care, memory care is also not, again, not classified under a medical category. It's, you know, people are sitting around, um, some of the many facilities will do, uh, I say, pharmaceutical restraints, mm. um, meaning that they're drugged okay. and sitting there because it's easier to take care of somebody who's somewhat comatose, even if they are, uh, have some sort of dementia or, or cognitive capabilities or incapabilities. Mm. Just because somebody can't remember their name or remember who you are doesn't mean that they're incapable of of feeling and having a conversation and connecting with somebody. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, it's, it's hard. It's very, yeah. it's very hard. Yeah. I'm guessing this changes con con constantly. How do you 
help people stay in kind or understand the changes or keep them updated from a facility if they're in a facility or uh, at yeah, home? just like as an advisor well you know it really comes down to the individual and checking what's going in so with with our situation my mom had um dementia and it came on we i mean we usually don't know when it's happening you kind of have an idea but we all want to be in a certain state of denial about memory changes. Right. Right. And there you can have um, the, actually there's actually over a hundred different forms of cognitive impairment. Mm. So there's a lot that goes on there. And just because somebody has Alzheimer's may not mean that, that they don't remember who you are. I mean, it's, it's just really interesting to see the changes and the subtleties in different types of, um, diseases of the brain. But uh, the best way to figure out what's what's happening and changing is to have the conversation with that person that's going on to just to watch to monitor to see little, little subtleties that are happening. And if they're at home with the, another parent or a partner or whoever that might be, or with an aide, in our case, it was an aide, I was in constant contact with our, our lead aide, we had six to eight, depending upon um, what our schedules were going. And that worked for us because it didn't put the burden on any one person. I, if you're hiring aides independently or even through an agency, I highly recommend never relying on just one or two ever. Okay. Because you never know when something's going to happen to one. Mm-hmm. And to put that responsibility on somebody else um, is is very difficult is very difficult and they you know other people have life beside you <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> but that's and you know i say if, if you've got independent aids or not you should you should you may have a team like we did but you should always be looking for another one because things change in people's lives and um attitudes change and and sometimes it's just even with the change in the personality of of your parents the fit may may need to be adjusted over time. So that's, but staying in contact with your aides, you know, my lead aide and I stayed in contact all the time. We were on the phone um, several times a week, sometimes twice, twice a day. And when it, you know, just quick check in, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they would say, Hey, something's happening here. What's happening? Text messages. It becomes, um, I wouldn't say an obsession, but if you're not there, like like I wasn't 1200 miles away and my sister was just as long, if not further, it's, it's getting in sync with what's happening and trusting the team that you've got to make sure that they're doing the best that they can do um, for you and for the, for those that you love. Tell me about your podcast. So my podcast is elder care success. You can find it at any podcast platform and um, we're hitting up. Well, when this comes out, we'll already have a hundred episodes out. Cool. So it's been around for a little while. And there we talk about all sorts of issues from, uh, geez, from different types of dementia to I had a, a show, which I'll do a series of these shows with a gentleman who is an, a, an entrepreneur, business owner, and has the diagnosis of Lewy body dementia. So to talk with him as the patient, and mm-hmm. the business owner and what's that like for him and his family and watching and experience that progression go on. So he's a very um, open and I would say honest and brave fellow for, for sharing that. Uh, oh yeah. 
including Parkinson's, which is different, um, heart and cardiac issues, just general caregiving questions and issues that might be going on. Um, you name it. It is totally open. And for the 100th episode, I'm doing a show with a psychic to see if we can channel mom and dad back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little fun with that one. Okay. So. Well, any closing thoughts? Um, well, you know, the other thing is just, I've got a book called How to Survive 911 Medical Emergency Step-by-Step oh, okay. Guide yeah. um, Before, During, and After. You can get that on Amazon. It's five-star rated. And that just takes you through the process of being prepared for an emergency should it happen to you and your family. And the one thing you're going to be doing more than you ever have done before in your life in caring for an aging parent is you will likely be calling 911 at least okay. more than once. And that's okay. Yeah. But knowing what to do so that they get better care. And and like I said, you keep your head and your heart together. And you know when to say enough is enough is okay too. So, um, and in that we even share how to call 911 when the 911 system is down and it does go down. Oh, okay. <laughs> step-by-step guide, you know, what to do, how to do it, how to get discharged, how to get better help, um, how to get better support in the hospital when you need it and uh, how to make the decisions of, facilities if you do need to go to one yeah okay all right so we're gonna have a link to your book in our new media section and Thank we'll you. Have links to your other things in the below this episode and and in fact we're going to give away one of your books Oh, thank you. Yeah. And we have a podcast. Well, we have the podcast, but we also have a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. So um, that's nice. fairly new. And this is, uh, you and I are recording on the day before Halloween, but uh, there's a there's some fun holiday episodes in that one that you oh, can okay. enjoy as well. So All right. I'll, have to do, I'll have to do something for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, leave a message below our YouTube episode of this recording. Um, you know what? What did you find most helpful? What did you, what do you think is the conversation you're going to have with your parents or your children? So, and then we'll have a drawing and give away a book. And you so, can do this. You can do it. You can do it well for yourself and for those that you love. You really can. Yeah. Well, Nancy, thank you so much. I, this has really opened my eyes to just understanding the options that are available. And it doesn't have to be a scary conversation. It's, yeah. it's, you know, if you haven't talked about it with your mom, just say, hey, mom, you know, have you thought about this? And I'm not really, I'm, I'm not here to off you today. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might go, I might go first. So mom, if, you know, here's what I want too, right? Oh, yeah. I have those oh, discussions. You never know yeah. when our time is up, but uh, yeah, not to be morbid about it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Giant Builders, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.